It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. On your Friday episode of Locked on Raptors, free agency begins in a matter of hours and we're remaining calm. We'll set the table, dig into what's at stake for the Raptors, and lay out some of the possible outcomes and fallout from the various dominoes around the NBA. Thanks for hanging. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the bridge of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. What's going on and welcome to another episode of Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Friday, June the 30th. You know what that means. It's my mom's birthday, of course. It's also free agency day. Happy birthday, mom. Uh, I'll call you after this. Uh, I'm, of course, your host, Sean Woodley. I've been covering the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. You can find all my work over on Twitter at WoodleySean. You can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on your favorite podcast apps. And, of course, you can go and support the show by subscribing on YouTube. It's uh, much appreciated when you hit the big red subscribe button over there. Lots of new subs of late, so welcome. Hello. Thanks for joining the Lockdown Raptors YouTube family. You can also join our Discord family. It's a... Look, it's a stressful time in the Locked On Raptors Discord, but people are being stressed among friends, and it's very nice, uh, of course, as we wait for free agency and all the fallout to come with Fred Van Vliet, Jakob Pertl on down the line. Uh, come hang out. Link is in the description, as always. It's, uh, it would be lovely to see if you see it in there. Lots of new faces joining this week. And, uh, you know, plunging into, like, the scene from Community where Troy walks in and the entire apartment's on fire after going to get the pizza. That's kind of the vibe right now uh, among Raptors fans, it seems. There's a lot of anxiety. It makes sense. It's a, it's a very uneven and um, unclear time right now for the team, but uh, we're doing it among pals in the Discord, so come and hang out. Today's show 
is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Uh, first-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com. Promo code Locked On. Go check it out. Today's show is also brought to you by Game Time. Create an account. Use the code Locked On NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, let's get to it on today's show. Uh, we're gonna tee up. Free agency. You know, I feel like at this point, this is going to be a shorter podcast probably because every day or so the podcast will know. We've been talking about this stuff for weeks at this point. Uh, I feel like we've kind of all made our arguments. Everyone is very clearly on their, their side of the aisle when it comes to what the team should do with Fred Van Vliet, what the team should do with Jakob Pertl, what the team should do in the big picture. You know, everyone's kind of entrenched, and I'm not going to change anybody's minds here today or anything like that. Uh, so we're just going to kind of set the table, run through the financials of sort of how things sit for the Raptors, what they're looking at, what the rumors and reporting is regarding other deals around the league. Um, you know, we'll get into some of the latest from Zach Lowe uh, on his podcast yesterday, kind of referring to the Raptors stuff. Um, I'm feeling actually pretty good, uh, I got to say, like pretty optimistic about something fruitful happening here. For the Raptors, I know that it's really easy to look at the front office and just complain, right? Like, that's what we do. That's what being a sports fan is. It's, hey, I could do this better. Put me in the spot. And I don't want to be one of those people who's like, well, the front office knows better. We must listen to them at all times. Because there are very clearly many front offices around the NBA that don't earn that benefit of the doubt because they do dumb things all the time. And yeah, the last couple years for the Raptors, it's not been the greatest run of decision-making ever, but it hasn't been disastrous it hasn't been totally franchise crippling or anything like that in the big picture they tend to get this stuff pretty right i would say and there's a lot of planning and forethought that goes into any offseason and while it seems from the outside like there might not be a contingency plan if in fact fred van vliet walks for nothing there surely are five contingency plans on the big board at ovo center that they're ready to go and pivot into. And, and, you know, the argument is whether or not those pivot plans are good. I spoke yesterday on the show about Gabe Vincent and why I don't think that's a particularly appealing option, honestly. You know, it might come down to the fact that he's just the best option of the free agent options out there. If that's the case, maybe you'd rather go to the trade route if you can. That costs more assets. Obviously, the only cost of acquiring a guy with the mid-level exception is the money for the mid-level exception and I guess the opportunity cost of signing that guy and not somebody else with that money but um, overall I, I feel like there are enough potential pivot points here that whatever comes of this next week obviously it's not all going to get resolved today it sounds like Fred's going to take meetings with the Rockets and Raptors in LA today and maybe we get word maybe we know it's six o'clock right like we, it's hard to know I'm, I'm sure at this point offers have been exchanged even if they legally can't be exchanged it's all going on it's all the talking is happening um, but I, I feel all right about there being at least some sort of pivot here, whether it's a full-scale nuclear pivot and the moving on of Fred Van Vliet necessitates you looking at a Pascal Siakam trade to kind of clear the decks and move into a new Scotty Barnes-centric era. Um, you know, there's an argument for that. I frankly haven't been compelled by a single offer I've seen proposed for Pascal Siakam out there, and I don't think you just do it for the sake of doing it, but that is an option that's on the table if things fall apart here with Fred Van Vliet. Uh, and there's also the stopgap option for point guard, which is probably where they'll end up going. And I think there are a few interesting options and, and maybe some that'll even appear because we don't foresee them coming about, right? We, no one had an idea that James Harden had an eye on the Clippers for a trade until 24 hours ago. And now that's totally changed the conversation about the Sixers. We'll get into the Sixers in a sec, actually, because they're fascinating and kind of 
almost double down on the idea of running it back in an Eastern Conference that might be down one more serious contender if, in fact, they can't properly replace James Harden with a trade. And so all sorts of moving parts. Keep that in mind today. Like what we feel like we know today, right now, in 24 hours, 48 hours, the whole thing's going to be blown up because that's how NBA free agency goes all the time. And there's so many conversations and backroom talks and information out there that we don't or we're not privy to that you know it's all going to play out the way it'll play out that's not very good analysis but ultimately i feel like there will be a plan here you don't go into an off season with three pending ufas and not have a plan if one or all of those guys are not you know retainable right like there's just no way you do that that would you would not ever ascend to the level of being a front office executive in the nba one of 30 jobs that exist doing this job you would not ascend to that level if you had that little forethought and planning in place. And so I feel comforted by the fact that 10 years of this regime, for the most part, the decision-making, even process-wise, even in the last couple of years, the process behind a lot of their decisions has not been bad. You know, you can quibble with the Ken Birch signing or the Thad Young trade or the Aaron Baines signing, which I think everyone agreed at the time was kind of the best they could have done given what the market was, and until Aaron Baines played basketball, everyone was pretty excited to watch Aaron Baines play basketball for the Raptors, considering what he was coming off of with the bubble in, in Phoenix and all of that. So, again, I, again, you might not be happy with the sort of way things go. Hey, if they re-sign Fred, I know there's going to be a whole lot of people out there who aren't happy either. Um, I think that's probably the wrong way to look at it. But, again, I'm not, I know I'm not going to change, change anybody's minds now. Um, but all told, I, I think things are set up here so that it's not – Armageddon if Fred doesn't come back. They've already got Gary Trent Jr. locked in for this year. Maybe more. We'll see if there's an extension to come about. Jakob Pertle, it feels like all the reporting of late suggests he's going to be a Raptor like Mark Stein, Jake Fisher, Zach Lowe, all kind of recently saying, yeah, it seems like he's going to go back to Toronto. And I think like the Spurs noise has kind of quieted a little bit. So I'm not concerned about like the full-scale DEFCON 1 failure of an offseason happening here. Fred walking would be bad, and it would be uh, a bad bit of asset management. I don't think this whole, they keep on letting this talent drain happen with guys leaving for nothing argument really holds up because as we've covered before, the idea of, um, you know, like losing Kawhi and Danny Green, that was always going to happen. It was the cost of winning the championship. It sucks, but you won a championship. You didn't get nothing for those guys. You got a championship for those guys. Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, similar idea. I think it was worth trying to keep the possibility, if there's even a 5% chance that Giannis Antetokounmpo might come to your basketball team in a year's time, you keep that flexibility open until the last possible minute. It cost the Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, two guys who frankly went on to not do a whole lot in terms of impacting winning after leaving the Raptors. And so Fred Van Vliet would really be this first example of a guy walking for nothing in, in a way that would be like actually bad asset management to me. And that, it would still be bad. There's no doubt about it. It's a misreading of the market. It's an underestimation of the Rockets' ability to come in and swoop in with some sort of godfather balloon offer, all of that. But I do think, all told, you don't go into this offseason with as many balls in the air without a plan of how to get those balls safely back into your bucket. You know, like, I, I just, I don't think front offices work that way. It's so easy to criticize front offices. It's justified sometimes, but we haven't even seen what's happened yet. Let's kind of get the full breadth of what's gone on here before we start calling for heads to roll and all that stuff. You know, there are certainly outcomes here where things go badly enough that the heads rolling argument maybe starts to sort of have 
some kind of merit. I typically am not a fire people for mistakes type of person, honestly. I, I think, you know, I'd rather see them kind of try to fix them and learn from them. But that's my own philosophy. Everyone's free to kind of feel their own way about that. We're going to come back on the other side and get into the financials of where the Raptors sit. Uh, look at some other dominoes around the league and then kind of take a look at just what I'm hoping for out of this next couple of weeks, just personally. My own opinions. You can agree with me if you want or not. That's fine. Uh, we'll do that in a sec. Before we do that, however, got to tell you that our friends over at Prize Picks, who've made daily fantasy sports very fun, easy, accessible, and frankly, it should be the only way you're playing fantasy these days. You know, a season long fantasy league is a grind, it's a slog. You got to go and check for injuries, and oh, God, this guy's not playing very well, and his playing time's down. And like, I don't want to have to worry about all that stuff. I just want to know all right, is the dude playing tonight? Can I put him in a lineup, and can I win some money? And the answer to all three of those questions is yes, with your, if you're playing Prize Picks, it's wonderful. And it's not just NBA, you can do it with any sport under the sun the WNBA season is rolling on right now obviously MLB is cooking up you've got all sorts of leagues around the world playing sports and you can go and make your daily entries on prize picks using those players cross sport if you want to you can pick two to six players and whether they will go more or less than their projection in a given stat and if you get them all right you can up to 25 times your money on any entry that is pretty sweet entries entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it's that easy you get safe and fast withdrawals of your money when you win and you are currently operational at over 30 states and in Canada in every province except for Ontario at the moment. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to play daily fantasy sports. First-time users receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. That's just as simple as it is. Go and do it right now. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100 with PrizePix. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, rolling on here on our calm pre-free agency primer episode. I know this is dropping at kind of a weird time, like a few hours before free agency. I figure I'd give you like something to hold you over. We'll have reaction videos and, and all that type of stuff once news starts to break over the weekend. I'll be around doing that, so uh, this is not the last you'll hear from me or anything like that this week by any means. Um, but let's just kind of... I, I ran long there with sort of philosophical talk. Let's get into the money, shall we? The the uh, the cold hard cap analysis. Uh, frankly, the best person for this is Daniel Hackett at dhackett1565. He's a former Raptors HQ, or still a Raptors HQ, uh, breaking down former my former coworker at HQ when I was there, but he's still there doing wonderful cap breakdowns. And it, it seems like it's very very reasonable for the Raptors to retain both Fred Van Vliet and Jakob Pertl without it being 
some sort of financial hindrance, at least this coming year. Obviously, 2024-25, that's the summer or the season where the cap crunch is really going to kick in. You're going to have extensions for Pascal Siakam, potentially, potentially OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, if he's around. Um, you know, Scotty Barnes will be a year after that. Like, it's coming. There will be a crunch here. But for me, my philosophy has always been keep good players, figure it out later. The league landscape changes so rapidly that, it, to me, to worry about what you're tax bill might look like in 2425 is just get it it's putting the heart cart before the horse we have no idea injuries happen team context change some team might be like oh my god we need fred van vliet right now and there's an instant trade right there you can do six months after you sign his deal or whatever like the, the nba is a constantly moving and evolving beast and i think getting it's obviously you got to have forethought that's what frankly the front office people are for they have cap wizards and all this stuff to line this stuff up um, and I think you can almost overthink the future potential trouble you might end up in. You know, if you run this thing back and the Raptors go and have an amazing season and win 52 games, you're not feeling so bad about keeping your guys. And you're in a way better spot than you would have been if you left them, if you let them walk. Let's get to the money. So the reporting right now is, of course, that the uh, Houston Rockets are probably going to swoop in with like a two-year, $84 million-ish max offer for Fred Van Vliet. Um, you know, balloon payment certainly could not blame Fred Van Vliet for taking that money. It's a lot of bucks. It's a, it's a way to maximize his earning the next two years and then, you know, in theory, hit free agency again, maybe as the cap is rising in a couple seasons as well. Um, there's reason for Fred Van Vliet to do it. Ultimately, I will not begrudge him for chasing the money or anything like that. It's a lot of money to turn down. 80-something million dollars is no thing to sneeze at. And especially considering where Fred Van Vliet has come from, he was never supposed to be here, right? And I can't begrudge a dude for taking all he's worth. You know, you know, I have my own philosophies of, you know, is how much money is, is there a difference between 80 million and 70 million? Probably not in like real, real terms, but I can't really blame anybody for taking the money. It's just, it's, it's what they have a very finite amount of time. They're able to earn money. You only hit free agency so many times in your career, take advantage of it. If that's what Fred ultimately does, I will uh, thank him for his many years of service to the Raptors and, uh, you know, pray for him as he goes to the most dysfunctional basketball team I've ever seen, the 2022-23 Houston Rockets. Um, I guess he's the reason that you maybe you bring in, that's the reason you bring him in is to make them more functional. As far as the numbers the Raptors are, are going to have to throw around, Zach Lowe yesterday on his show mentioned three, four years, 130 is probably what they're going to have to offer for Fred to convince him to not take that balloon payment from the Rockets. And it's also, it's got to be said, the Rockets have been linked to like every free agent. They feel like the leverage team. They are to like the equivalent in the NHL. There's always constant talk about relocation. It's just like a very constant thing. The NBA too, to an extent, but the NHL, this is like a very recurring thing where the NHL will use like Quebec City or Kansas City or some other team market that doesn't have a team as a leverage point to get teams to build arenas uh, because, hey, there's only a finite number of like you know, places that hockey teams can play. You're not going to do it here. We'll move to somewhere else. It kind of feels like what the Rockets cap space is right now. It's well, if you're not going to pay me on this team, like I'm just going to go to the Rockets and take up their cap space. They have all of it in the world. They're the only team that has it. And so they're the leverage team for everybody, it seems, in all these very public agency negotiations. You got to keep that in mind here. That said, I believe that the Rockets, there's enough reporting out there. I believe the Rockets will come in and make that offer to Fred. Whether he takes it, you know, there are reasons to not take it as well. Two years in Houston, and then what happens, right? Is there any security there? Or is he just going to be you know, a salary matching tool for a trade in a year's time for a superstar of some kind, right? Like there's all these sort of 
downsides, not to mention going to a Houston team that, while young and exciting, is not going to be a real player in the Western Conference next year, even with Fred. Um, you know, there's there's upsides and downsides. If Fred returns, the Raptors keep the best point guard on the market. They keep their best in-house point guard option on a roster where there are no point guards. And I think four years, 130, $32.5 million bucks a year. You started around, um, I think the starting salary comes in at like 28 or 29, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, we'll have to sort of see uh, what, you know, what the actual figure is going to be. But ultimately, $32.5 bucks a year for Fred VanVleet on an average value. I know it's sticker shock. I know it's crazy. $30 bucks for a point guard who's like maybe like the 13th best starting point guard in the league. Uh, guess what? That's what point guards make. That's what starters make in the NBA now. It's just going to be the new reality. You have to get used to the sticker shock. As a percentage of the cap, it's not substantially more than what Fred was making on his last contract. Full stop. It's just not. You have to go with the percentage of the cap, not the number itself, because the cap number is going to continue to get crazier, and the percentages are going to lead to bigger salaries for players. It's just how it works. Again, I've said all along, Fred Van Vliet is not the perfect point guard for this basketball team, but he's their best option right now, and... I think it, it would be foolish to just let him walk for nothing. And if you can do the four years, 130, yes, there's potential for some pain in the last year of that deal. But I also think his decline is maybe overstated. If you bring in a new coach who's not going to play him 41 minutes a night, that's going to help matters. If he's playing a little bit more of a complimentary role, you know, starting things off as like a pick and roll initiator and playmaking from that, uh, not asked to carry this massive burden where he's the only guy on the team who can shoot threes at a high volume. Like, I, I think there are different ways to reimagine Fred Manley's role within the team where you get the value for the contract and you're not taxing him so severely. And look, his defense last year at the point of attack wasn't great. Uh, he's still, I would call it, like, he's still like an upper half defensive starting point guard in the NBA. Like, not a lot of point guards are amazing defenders, and a lot of the ones that are are not good offensive players. Fred Van Vliet, in addition to, you know, the on-ball the, the on -ball defense, which did drop off last year, I still think there's a, a room for that to kind of level off and be fine. He's still, like, one of the best off-ball defenders from the guard position in basketball. Those hands of stone are not going anywhere as he's going to come in and punch balls free from guys posting up. Those dig downs are incredible. His anticipation is outstanding. His communication is very good as well at the top of the defense. Like, th there's reason to think that Fred Van Vliet can kind of get back into the Fred that we know, right? And he frankly was that in the second half of the season. $32.5 bucks a year for him is fine, I think. Uh, Jakob Pertl, 20 million or so a year, you know, maybe that's a little high for a starter, but Nikola Vucevic just brought in 20 million bucks a year. And I think if you get Yak at a similar rate, Yak's a more productive winning player than Vucevic is. If Vucevic is maybe more sort of raw talented, as far as driving winning, you know, Jakob Pertl does that in a way that I'm not sure Vucevic does, although I think Vucevic is a little underrated as well. Um, you know, the, the numbers right now. Just, just quickly run through the sort of cap math of it all. I find this part kind of boring, but this is what our pal Daniel Hackett's for. Uh, this is from when the projected cap was actually announced a little higher than we thought it would be. So this is quoting from Hackett's Twitter. Okay, updating for new 163.3 million tax line projection leaves 44.3 million instead of 42 for Yak and Fred to uh, stay under the tax. Uh, call it 18 million and 26.3 starting. Um, if that's the case, you end up with, uh, you know, a four year, $29.5 million annual salary for, for Fred. So like that projection is probably a little bit low, which means you're going to have to clear some money, right? If it's going to go up to that 32 million, then your starting salary is going to be a little bit higher around the 30 million mark. Um, and so, you know, 
for those who are uninitiated, you can arrange your contract so you have lower numbers in the early years and then backload the end, or you can do the inverse. Some some teams will do that to make deals more favorable at the back end. It's all very boring and technical, and they have professionals to do this stuff for a reason. Um, either way, if you give the the the, the four one thirty for for Fred and four eighty for Yak, let's just say those are the high end deals you're going to give out. Uh, then I think it's very doable, right? Right? Like you move on from Thad Young. That, that yeah, I think we're all kind of assuming he's going to get waived. He's got an eight million dollar non guaranteed contract. Is one million guaranteed? Would assume he'll get waived before that guaranteed date, which I believe is still down the line quite a bit. Um, don't hold me to that. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but they're going to waive him probably. Then you have Chris Boucher, where I've talked about it. If you can flip Chris Boucher for a guard from. The in particular the Washington Wizards, uh, considering their sort of bunch of guards they have kicking around there, um, you can save some money there. First of all, if you could flip like a you know Chris Boucher for a Delon Wright or Monte Morris, who make about nine million bucks, Monte's just below ten, you're going to save a few million bucks there with the with the Chris Boucher swap. I think that's a deal you got to look at. And honestly, like I feel like the Wizards are going to need someone in addition to Jordan Poole to just go full uh, tank mode. And Chris Boucher feels like a perfect complement to a tank mode team. Honestly, he can go off and be Chris Boucher and have himself a Tampa season all over again, but for the Wizards. Um, so that, that there's a little bit of money to be saved there. Otto Porter Jr., you can stretch and wave him. Uh, you know, you'll tie up some money on your cap going forward, but you can save a, a pretty substantial chunk of change this year if you do that. Or you can maybe try to find a spot to dump him. Maybe there's a contender out there who's having trouble building a team or needs a flyer role play that they, they want to add to the mix. Maybe Otto Porter Jr. can be a guy that a team like, you know, I don't know, the Warriors, for example, or some sort of contender that's in tough at trying to assemble a roster, um, you know, could use a little bit of a flyer of, of a bench piece. Otto Porter Jr. could potentially be that. End of the day, the tax concerns are not for this year. Um, even if you have to go full freight for 130 for Fred, you're going to be able to dodge the tax, and then you figure it out from there, down the line. Um, ultimately, I think that's the way they should go. We'll get into some of the other dominoes and you know some of the other things that are making me feel very convinced that running it back is the best move right now. We'll get to that in a second here, uh, as well as some other quick stray thoughts before we round up the show. Before we do that, however, got to tell you about our friends over at Game Time, the best place right now to go and buy yourself some tickets for the events you want to go to. Buying tickets for events should not be stressful. It should be easy. It should be convenient. It should be seamless. And Game Time offers that experience for you to a T. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. You get pictures of your seats so you know what you're buying before you buy. And they'll send those tickets right to your phone in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. You don't got to go through your emails looking for your tickets. They're going to be right on your phone there so you don't have to hold up the line when you get to the front of the door at the concert venue. Uh, I I am uh, going to Seattle in August, and I'm going to be going to a game uh, at the Mariner Stadium. I'm very excited. I'm going to buy my tickets on game time because I can see the tickets. I've never been to the stadium before. I don't know the sight lines. Guess what? Those those pictures are going to help me big time. Either way, download the game time app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count. 
getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, rounding it out here, your uh, hopefully soothing, relaxing, calming pre-free agency primer episode of Locked On Raptors. Again, everydayers of the podcast, let us know if you are an everydayer, first of all, in the comments. Much appreciated when you do that. Uh, good to know out there who uh, should be on a watch list <laughs> somewhere for consuming this every day. Thank you very much, but I'm sorry for your misfortune. Um, you can also join our Discord. Link is in the description. It's a great place to come hang out as well. Great little community we got building around the show. So... Uh, dominoes, other dominoes around the league that are going to inform what happens with the Raptors today. Obviously, James Harden doesn't seem like he's going to the Rockets at this point. He's opted into his deal, and it looks like the Clippers are trying to eye a trade for him. We'll see. I mean, maybe the Sixers kind of hold out on this one and say, we have no obligation. You opted in, dude. We got no obligation to trade you. Feels like bad business to me. But Daryl Morey is a stubborn man, so who the hell knows what's going to happen there. Either way, I do think the Sixers potentially being at this crossroads where it's going to be hard for them to replace what James Harden brings to the table, talent-wise, skill-set-wise. It's not to say that they're going to be bad next year. They still have Joel Embiid, who's incredible. But they're not going to be the same sort of, all right, no-brainer contender as we thought, I don't think, right now. Like, it's looking pretty grim for them. This is a tough situation for them to be in. And this speaks to the sort of fickle nature of the NBA. Like, the teams at the top of the East... The Bucks. who knows what's going to happen with Lopez and Middleton, but they're going to be very old if those guys are back. And if they lose, it's kind of DEFCON 1 for them. Um, you know, the, the Celtics, I think, are going to be good, but I also don't love the KP trade for them. And if they're going to lock in KP for many years, that feels like a potential sore spot to pick at that could get pretty nasty down the line. Um, a guy who's played 65 games once since 2017-18. You know, there's a, there's not a, like the Western Conference, every team looks like they're pretty good or trying to be good. The East is way more amorphous. It feels like we're already back to the East is worse than the West thing again, uh, which is hilarious considering those fleeting one or two years where it seemed like the East had kind of got the upper leg, uh, upper hand, upper leg. I don't know. Um, <laughs> either way, um, the Harden thing, you know, I think it makes running it back more viable, right? Or at least it makes the, the, the likelihood that running it back leads to success that much more viable and likely just because there's one less heavy hitter contender, one potential team that could fall out with one injury, all that stuff. We're not like we're rooting for injuries here, but this is the NBA. Guys get hurt and things happen. Teams have seasons from hell all the time. The Raptors kind of just had one. Um, you know, I, I, I can totally see the Raptors running this thing back and finding success that we thought was going to come a year ago on a year delay. Um, you know, as far as the other sort of dominoes that, that hang around the league too, I think the Heat are very interesting here. Obviously, we know the Gabe Vincent thing. If he's not going to resign there, and their latest reporting out of this out of Miami this morning is that it doesn't seem like it's very likely that they're going to come to terms. Uh, Max Struess seems like he's going to jet, and obviously the Heat, if they don't keep those guys, they're banking on finding a star trade, and maybe they don't get the Damian Lillard trade they wanted, and maybe they're kind of picking up the pieces and asking more undrafted guys to have ridiculous developmental arcs in order to be successful. Like There's a lot of flux in the East right now. The Raptors have good players. Full stop. They have good players. They have a two-time All-NBA guy, a former All-Star, uh, an All-Defense guy, a Rookie of the Year, uh, the 12th or 13th best center in the NBA. Like, they have a lot to like. I think, you know, running it back, while a lot of people are not in on that idea, I think it's like a, a foolish thing, tear it down, rebuild, whatever. 
I, you know, again, I'm not going to convince anybody of my stance on tanking. I think tanking sucks. I also think they've missed the boat on tanking because Scotty Barnes is in year three. You tank, you are wasting multiple more years of Scotty Barnes and his rookie scale contract. And the, t- the, the clock ticks when you have a good player. And if Scotty Barnes becomes the player that everyone thinks and hopes he's going to be, he's someone that you're not going to want to piss off because you've spent, you know, the first four years of his career dicking around trying to figure out how to build a team around him. When you have good players right now, and if Scotty Barnes takes the jump that we all think he can take, and I think he absolutely can, he's got to have the better conditioning, which he spoke about at the end of the season. Like He has proven he can take a game by the reins and say, this is mine, I'm the best player on this team, everyone else fall into place around me. He hasn't done it enough for it to be the driving principle of the team. But if that leap does come, if he can put it together for longer stretches... You have a ready-made supporting cast around Scotty Barnes in the form of the guys you have in the door. Is the fit perfect? No, but you can adjust the fit with trades and tinkering on the margins and player development and all this stuff over the course of many years and having good players on the roster to be ready for when Scotty Barnes does take that jump. When it, and I feel like it's going to come, whether it's not this year, maybe it's two years, maybe it's just sort of a, an incremental gradual jump that t- takes place over many years. Having good players around him is going to be a good thing, and I remain convinced of that. Yes, the financial thing is going to become a burden, and you'll have to figure out your your way of maneuvering around. You're going to have to make tough decisions, choose your guys, all of that. But I think I believe a lot in the power of like basketball imagination and the idea that a group of players can be assembled differently by a coach, by you know a change in thinking, by a new philosophy and gain different results. It's an interconnected game. It is not, wow, the team didn't perform well last year, they are bad. No, there's good players on this roster. They win 48 games the year before, like pretty much the same team. Honestly, like less guard play with Fred being out for a long stretch of that back half of the season and all that. Like they, they made it work despite being this sort of weird disjointed roster. The roster makes a little more sense now with Jakob Pertl in it, having like a real center to do real center things and all of that. And I just... If you're the kind of person who was excited about the Darko Ryakovich hire, which I think most people were, then I think there has to be some room for belief that Darko Ryakovich and the staff he brings in can reimagine the way this team works to fit the pieces together better, to amplify strengths, to make people feel like they're part of something, to make OG Ananobi's role feel commensurate with what he wants it to be just by reassembling the pieces and coming up with fresh ideas and tinkering with lineup combinations, having some creativity giving guys room to grow and, and and try things out and get accustomed to playing in a new system with one another, play for one another. Like, I, I think it's worthwhile and a decent bet that this new coaching staff can assemble the pieces in a more intuitive and complimentary way. And I think it's really like myopic almost to just like look at this set of players and say, no, they can't do it. You got to tear it down. Like there's good talent on this team. Is there great talent? Probably not, but there's good talent and that's a good place to start from. And, and you have... 21-year-old Scotty Barnes, who, if you don't believe in what he is, then you don't believe in the thing at all, right? And you should probably go and trade him and do the other thing. Um, you know, it's... I know it's, like, a slow play. you got to be patient with this stuff. And that's not satisfying. But, like, the NBA plays out over many, many years. It's not like a single season is going to be what determines your success. And it's not going to be what determines the legacy of your team or what your team is remembered for. Like these things take time. They're not linear. And I think it would be premature to nuke this thing and not bring it back. Obviously if Fred walks, 
that forces you into some decisions. And from there, I mean, again, there's the nuclear option of a Pascal trade, maybe kind of resurfacing. There's the, you know, I don't think you should trade OG, honestly. He fits too nicely. And every time I think about him getting traded, I think, wow, it would be nice if the Raptors had an OG-like player to slot into this lineup, huh? Um, Like, it's just, it's it's tough. I know it's not perfect, but it is a... A team that has some merit to it, has some stuff to work with, has some stuff cooking. I just don't think the chef was right last year. I think they might actually have a chef that can put something together with these ingredients this year. And again, I think it's just kind of pretty unimaginative to think that there's not something more to be milked out of this roster. So my hope is that they run it back and just see if they can make this thing work. And if not, then maybe that's a mistake. And you know, you're kind of picking up the pieces next year. You have more pending UFAs, more financial concerns. And the, the problem has snowballed, but there's just as much or more a possibility that things kind of come together and the path forward becomes a little bit more clear. There will still have to be decisions made, but that's just kind of how I'm feeling going into this right now. That there's uh, It's not as dire as it's felt for the last little while here, kind of taking you to the rumors and the scuttlebutt and all this stuff. And even if Fred walks, I think there are some viable pathways to assembling something real, you know, and, and sort of filling in that stopgap at the point guard spot it's gonna have to be more than one guy like if it's Gabe Vincent they also have to go get somebody else it can't just be Gabe Vincent like you have to get another point guard to help supplement um you know if it's DeLon Wright Monte Morris whatever like find a way to compliment them if it's Fred Van Vliet they should should still be going to find a backup point guard if I have like a pie in the sky hope and dream for free agency it's uh Kyle gets stretched by the Miami Heat and Lowry comes back and is the new backup point guard for your Toronto Raptors and help shepherd this thing along. Uh, maybe that's me being stuck in the past. I also actually think that kind of would be awesome and make a lot of sense for this team considering their needs. Um, but either way, let's leave it there. Free agency at this point, I'm recording this. It's like one o'clock. It's a few hours away. So uh, I didn't give this one a very long window of being relevant, but that's fine. I needed to give you something to satiate you during the afternoon here. So thank you so much for tuning in. Please subscribe, follow, rate, review, etc. All that good stuff. It's always appreciated when you support the show. Join the Discord. Link is in the description as always. It'll be a good place to be today if you want to be happy or sad. There's the, the you know, we got Spiral Corner as a channel in there. We've got a, a me kind of bringing my it's fine energy, all that stuff. It's a, it's a good time. So come hang out. It's great. Uh, you're great for tuning into the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope this hope you're feeling a little bit more calm. I tried to tone down my usual uh, loud, large man Muppet crossover energy uh, for today um, to try to, you know, do a little ASMR going into the off, going into the off season and the free agency. But either way, um, it's not as bad as it seems. I don't really don't think so. And uh, there's a lot of potential for this to actually be spun into something pretty good, I think, in the next year or so. So we'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you again probably this afternoon or evening. Whenever something happens, we'll, we'll fire this up, whether it's in a short reaction video or in a longer-form episode. Not the last you hear from me this weekend, I promise you that. In the meantime, thanks so much for tuning in. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.